All right, thank you for joining our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit, hosted by none other than Scott Heim and yours truly, Lou Rivera. This is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything. We'll see if we can have a few laughs along the way while sharing a cocktail. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get it on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit. You know, we had our first podcast last week, and I think we did very well. We did get some good feedback, and I like to um, I like to read out just a couple, if you don't mind. The first one was from Nelson. He said he liked the podcast. It was very entertaining, and he never got bored. Definitely has a lot of potential. Christy wrote, I listened to the whole podcast, and I enjoyed it. You guys did great. When are you doing the next one? Well, here we are. We're doing our next podcast, and I am super pumped. You know, guys, if you encourage someone and you leave good comments and you want them to do well, they're going to step up and they're going to do better. And I think that's what we're going to do on this podcast. I think this podcast is going to be on fire, and I can't wait to get started. So without further ado, let's get to it. Mr. Scott Heim, how are you doing? Lou Rivera, I am great today. Here we have, you can hear it warming up, the telltale sign of the cocktail shaker, my friend. It is primed and ready. We are grooving. I cannot believe it's only been a week since our our last time together. It seems like it's flown by. We've had so many back and forths on stuff we're eager eager to talk about today. And man, let's get to it. I'm excited, pal. Man, it was a great time last week, and uh, yeah, that d- did fly by so quickly. I really enjoyed it. So where are you at right now? So I am in beautiful Northwest Ohio. That is where uh, we make our home in Maumee, to be technical, a, a suburb of Toledo, Ohio. Uh, as you know, I, I kind of travel pretty much every week for a living. was out in Oklahoma City last week. Uh, got back at the end of the week, and man, knocking out the honeydew list this morning. I am proud to say that I rocked some pretty large beds full of weeds today, and that chore is behind me. And man, it has set me up for a perfect afternoon of a little cocktails and bullshit. Cocktails ready, and the bullshit is always primed. How about you, sir? Man, it was really hot here uh, last week. Uh, we were, I think, in the 90s, so it was scorching hot. But, you know, uh, next week, we're right now, we're in Hope Hole, Alabama. Uh, we're going to start pulling the wagon, as we say, uh, to Jackson, Mississippi next week. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a change of scenery. We really liked where we were staying right now. Uh, we're right next to Montgomery, Alabama. I really enjoyed downtown. We got to uh, do a couple things and even caught a baseball game, a uh, minor league baseball game while we were down there. And uh, we found a really good pizza place, man. The, the pizza place, it, it, it's unbelievable where you find these places because this pizza tastes just like New York pizza. And who would have thunk that you would find that in Montgomery, Alabama? Get out. That's amazing, Matt. And you, you have to be, you know, you and I are new in our relationship together, but I have to imagine you are a New York pizza expert. So that's pretty great. I always remember good New York pizza. And so they're, they're always hard to find. So you want to talk about Mike Lindell. That's uh, your topic. Let's get to it. Yeah, yes, sir. You know, hey, and, and I love me a good entrepreneur. Uh, this is this is my tongue is in my cheek to this conversation. And in no way am I taking a shot at Mr. Lindell. 
he has been very successful. I, I know he, again, going back to our left and right and, and all that good stuff, you know, he can be a little polarizing, I guess, for some folks. But but I got nothing but respect for the man being an entrepreneur, and he's launched a very successful business and, and put a lot of folks in the USA to work. And I appreciate and applaud that. But, but man, I got to tell you, last week I'm, I'm sitting in Oklahoma City working, and I'm in a hotel kind of catching up on the day's emails and whatnot. And, and you know, the, the My Pillow guy comes on the TV, right? And, and as I'm listening, I, I'm like, wait, wait, something's not right. I look over at the TV and, he, and he's pitching my coffee now, right? I mean, I'm like, wait, wait, is this Mike? Somebody stole Mike Lindell's stuff. Nope, it's Mike Lindell. He's pitching my coffee. He's got his typical routine. It's, you know, he's explored it to the 11th degree. He's been in 90 countries. He knows which side the wind blows and the rain runs to make the perfect coffee bean. And he is now pitching my coffee. And, and as I flew home, I just had to laugh about that. I, you know, there, there's nothing that this guy apparently cannot take on. And and I thought it was a little strange, you know, being the marketing sales guy that I am. I'm like, man, my coffee, what, what the hell is this guy he's doing? He, he had us in pillows and then he had us in the my sheets with the special Giza cotton that only comes from one place in the world. And, and then he had the special Turkish linen towels and he rocked us with those. And, and of course that led us right to the, my slippers. And I'm like, man, this cat's in my coffee now. Like well, that's out of left field. And, th and then it hit me, man, as, as, as the airplane was just over flyover country, as the other half likes to say, it hit me. That he's just taking me through my morning routine, man. He, he's got me sleeping good all night. He's got me comfy, cozy with the pillow, with the sheets. He's got me in the bathroom with the nice big Turkish towels. And man, now he's taking me in the kitchen with a good cup of hot coffee. So I don't know where that guy's coming from next. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, my creamer from the best cows on the planet, or it's going to be my no sugar, sugar, special stevia. We just found this pure cane, whatever, whatever. I don't know where this cat's taking me, man, but I had to laugh a little bit when uh, when the My Coffee guy now was on TV. So I just wanted to share. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know a whole lot about Mike Lindell. Uh, he hasn't really been innovative in items or things that he's brought out, right? Because slippers, uh, sheet covers, pillows, they've been around for, for a very long time. But, you know, he has sold about 40 million pillows yeah. uh, thus far. And people want to knock the guy. And I think they do that because he was a big Trump supporter. And the people that just fucking hate Trump, they can't stand him. They're going to hate Mike Lindell because he's right there along with them. But one thing I can say is that you, we really can't knock the guy. I mean, think about it. This guy has created a lot of jobs here in America which other company has been doing that? Not too many. Everybody's been taking it overseas. Every product that you get from Mike Lindell has a label on it, made in America. And for that, I am so proud of because we're seeing that. We're seeing more and more of that just uh, being shipped out and uh, being outsourced overseas. So he's, he's doing something for the American people. The companies that are canceling him out, listen, I, one being Walmart, I love Walmart. I cannot say anything bad about Walmart. They have done me well. Uh, we boondock there a lot of times overnight, and uh, I've never had any issues. Uh, we always buy some stuff from Walmart. Their prices are really good. But let me say this, that when a company, they really shouldn't get involved politically. You know, Disney, Walmart, all these other companies that are doing that. 
they are doing harm to themselves as well as the consumer. What these companies are doing is alienating themselves and that's not good business. I sometimes have to ask myself, is Mike Lindell a con man? I don't know, but all I can say is that he employs over 1,500 people, and that's a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree with all that, man. And I, I think, look, you know, as we said in podcast one, there's this side, there's that side, and, and kind of, you know, the way it is always lands in the middle. And, and I mean, like, like you said, I mean, the cat is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, that we can say for certain. All the other things, is he a phony? Is he not a phony? Is this, that, and the other? I mean, honestly, I, I'd rather spend my time assuming the good in folks and, and assuming that that he's a legit cat in, in the way he represents himself. And you know what? He makes some pretty decent products. You and I talked offline. I own one of his pillows. You own one of his pillows. Ah, there's more amazing pillows, but it's certainly a good pillow. It's worth the money I paid for it. And, and to your point, man, I, I like having something that's made in this country. I, as a guy that actually works for a, a U.S.-based manufacturer, I, I think we got to get a little more serious about the stuff we do here in, in the good old United States. I think it matters. I think it's important. He does that. I'm with him. Man, I'll have a cup of his my coffee anytime. Well, that, that boils down to the question, are you buying my coffee? Yeah, I haven't, haven't booked it yet because, like I said, that just happened on my return trip. But but I, I'll give it a go, man. I, now, I will have to confess, I, I don't know. I kind of caught the kind of back end of it. As I said, I stumbled into weight. That wasn't pillow sheets, you know, slippers, anything else. I don't know that there was a K-cup, man. And this is a tiny bit embarrassing, but but we are pretty much all about the K-cup. And uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say that. I've been a French press guy forever. I was a pour-over guy for a little while. It's the early days, I was a percolator guy. But man, speed, time, and energy. <laughs> I'm, I'm starved. I'm starved for time. I need any time back I can get. And, and the old Keurig works pretty damn well. So I, he makes some K, some K cups and, and for the Keurig. And then I'll be happy to give him a go with a little of my coffee. Well, there you go. You know, I'm not uh, a coffee snob. Uh, I like coffee. And I, I tell you what, there's nothing like taking that first sip of coffee in the morning. I don't really usually drink a cup of coffee or anything like that. I used to, I used to back when, but the caffeine kills me. It gives me the jitters and I don't like decaffeinated coffee. It's just like uh, getting a diet Coke. It's not for me. So yeah. I tend to just take a sip in the morning and enjoy it. Uh, but I think what, what we use is a uh, Folgers uh, midnight silk, which is kind of a dark blend. And we yeah. kind of stick to that and we just love that coffee there. But if you get that coffee, if you order that coffee, that's something that we'll do on the show and you can tell us what it tastes like. I love it, man. I, I will make that commitment to the people right now. We will give it a go and, and see how good it is. I love it. And I got to tell you, man, I am a coffee addict. Coffee is a very social thing in, in my family. I grew up with, you know, we, you'd be in the house and somebody would rap on the front door, ring the doorbell and, and it'd be some company. And first thing my mom would say is, come in, we'll put on some coffee. Didn't matter what time of day it was. We, you know, coffee, coffee related. Well, in the early days for my mom, it was coffee and a cigarette. Right. And and coffee related to people coming, sitting down and talking and chatting. And, you know, you've said it a few times that, that you know, I'm kind of a talker, so to speak. Um, and, and so coffee goes right along with that with me. And you can't tell when I've had too much coffee. You can only tell when I haven't had enough. I have to, I don't talk to myself in the morning until I've had a good cup of coffee. So I'm a coffee addict, man. I'm that guy that has it after dinner and goes to bed an hour later. It's embarrassing. So we will get us some my coffee and give it a go. And uh, 
Uh, that'll be a future podcast. Love it. Yes, let's do that. All right, guys. So we're going to try something new here, and I hope you guys like it. We are going to use a digital spin wheel. Scott is going to spin that wheel on the first segment of the show. I will do it on the second half. When that wheel stops, it's going to stop on a topic, and Scott's going to talk about it. So, Scott, go ahead and spin that wheel. All right, let's see where that wheel stops. All right, what do you got, Scott? All right, looks like it landed on go-to camping accessory. We we have owned a camper now, a 21-foot uh, Forest River Vibe 18RB travel trailer that we pull with our Nissan Armada for about two years, uh, as we talked about earlier. And you are a, a full-timer, uh, you and Gina. And uh, so, I, you know, a go-to camping accessory is a great topic for both you and I. And, and I have two of them and there's lots of accessories and there's lots of things that you got to have. And, and, you know, certainly rubber gloves when you, when you're working with the shitters full, you know, you, you want, there's lots of really important things, but I got to tell you, uh, Lou, in terms of the right time and the wrong time to get cheap, my favorite go-to camping accessory that I literally fight with people on some of the Facebook groups, the camping groups that, that I participate in, because they just think it's overpriced. Is, is um, I don't get any support. There's no, this is, uh, this is just me freewheeling with a product that I purchased that I absolutely love. And it's my, my mattress for our camper. And it's, it's made by a company called Tokta. I think is how you say it. It's T O C H T A Tokta Tokta. Uh, I think that's Irish for mattress actually. Tokta mattress is a mattress company out in California and they, they specialize, it's, it, the company is owned by people who spent a lifetime camping and were unhappy with their mattresses. And specifically for me, we have a Murphy bed, so it has a hinge in the middle of it. And they, they specialized in not only camper mattresses, but unique shapes, hinges. Uh, I have a three hinge mattress because there's one at the bottom and one in the middle when it folds up. And, and I'm telling you what, it was not cheap. Uh, it was it was probably eight hundred nine hundred dollars for this mattress, but it is the single best thing in my camper, and I could not live without my Tokta mattress. And every time it's it it happens once a day on one of my Facebook groups, someone will say, "Hey, we're looking at mattresses. The mattress that we got with our camper absolutely sucks, as they all do. What mattress should we buy?" And I say Tokta mattress, and then I get blasted for the the next three days as people say, oh my gosh, those mattresses are so expensive. And I say every time, there's a right time and a wrong time to get cheap. I sleep on that mattress in my camper, just like I sleep on my mattress in my bedroom at home. And I wake up delightfully rested. So so that is one of my go-to uh, accessories. And and I'll chime in. I have a second go-to accessory for camping that I'll talk about in a second. But, but Lou, are you, you, you guys, you, are you passionate about your mattress on, or any other uh, go-to accessories in your camper? You know, I can't really think of any uh, go-to. Uh, there are some things that I really, really do like and some things that I don't like. Uh, the mattress being one of them, and I tell everybody, if you're going to spend money, invest in yourself. Yeah, You know, don't invest it in garbage because that's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to make you happy. When we first got our RV, when we got our RV, the uh, mattress that was inside there, you know what we did with it? Garbage. We rolled it up and we threw it in the garbage. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what they did with it. We gave it right back to the uh, 
to the dealership. I don't know what they did with it. But uh, the ones that they give you, I don't even understand why they give you that mattress in the first place. It's one of those like mattresses that you go uh, when you're at the hospital and you hear the crunchy plastic when you get on it. You know, it's almost very uncomfortable uh, and they're not very thick. So my question to you here is, as far as the mattress is concerned, uh, what's your comfort zone? Three inch, four inch, five inch, seven inch? <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Well, well, Lou, as you know, I'm a bit of a big boy, right? I, I identify as a large man, as I like to say. And I have, we have the 10-inch mattress. It's the largest that Tokta makes. It's so large, in fact, that I had to, to modify my Murphy bed because it wouldn't close up quite all the way. So I had to kind of do a little connectivity to it so it kind of works at a little bit of an angle. But, but worth it to make that modification because this thing is a 10-inch mattress. And it's, I mean, there's, you can get online at their website and look at the science behind it. But there's a series of layers and and, and it, it is that memory foam style because uh, that's kind of what you got to have to have hinges because the, the coil style just won't work like that in that format. So it's a 10-inch multi-layer, this layer soothes this thing, this layer satisfies that thing. The top layer, you just, it molds right to your body. And man, honest to goodness, I wake up every morning happy, happy, happy in the words of Cy Robertson. Jesus, man, the 10 inches. 100%, Lou. We're at uh, 7 inches. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Holy <laughs> shit, that is fucking funny. <laughs> hey, man, remember, I'm Irish, so it's we. All right, come on. This is a family show. <laughs> 10 inches, that is uh, uh, pretty deep. Uh, 7 inches kind of does it for us. And we've got the, uh, the hybrid one, which has got uh, multi-layers of different uh, type of material. And uh, it works for us. And that's the whole thing uh, about having uh, a mattress inside the camper. You got to kind of look at it and make sure that it's not going to be too tall uh, and doesn't look funny. Uh, we thought the seven inch was going to look funny, but we put it right in and it works just fine. So that's that's my take on that. I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, the things that you do get, you definitely need to enjoy it. My other thing that I would love to get and I like to just say real quick is hopefully when um, it starts up and going, it's out there now. <laughs> But uh, we're kind of reluctant to get it. We're going to wait a little bit before uh, we purchase it, which is Starlink. Now, for us, Starlink would be a game changer. And I see a couple of uh, people on YouTube, they're getting that, uh, people that are doing the same thing with RV or van light. And that is being able, you're, you're going to be able to connect anywhere to, to have Wi-Fi, to have Internet. And right now, every campground that we go to is always so different. And the Internet is sometimes sketchy. Uh, right now, our internet's really good. We tried to do this podcast before, and ha, the Wi-Fi was just horrible, so we had to just scrap that out and start all over again. But that would be my my one thing, man, that I would definitely spend the money on. Yeah, for sure. Now, that, that Starlink's a big deal. I've been listening to that come along as well, because that that is the game changer for life on the road. If you're if you're working and and you know doing things that require connectivity, they. They say it's pretty close, man. It sounds like it's kind of on the five-yard line and about to be punched in. The other thing, you know, this, I'm going to try and tell this story as clean as I can without going too uh, too blue or, or, or too uh, – I don't want people turning off the switch in the middle of the story. But, but the short version of the story is our camper came with a Dometic, which is the brand, Dometic uh, toilet, a Dometic 300. And, uh, it, you know, basic – round plastic toilet like you've seen in a thousand rvs and uh 
you know, we quickly discovered as we started participating in, in the various, you know, camper Facebook groups and whatnot that that this particular toilet had a recall on it. And and the reason it had a recall is, you know, kind of hard to describe over podcasts, but essentially there, there's an outer bowl and an inner bowl. And, and there, there was there was a crack that would develop and it would allow un, undesirable water, if you will to seep between the inner bowl and the outer bowl. So basically, you know, sewage would get trapped in the top part of your toilet between the inner bowl and the outer bowl. And you couldn't see it. You couldn't access it. You you didn't know it was there. You just, all of a sudden, it would really reek in your camper. So we, we went the first year and never really had an issue. And then all of a sudden, we had an issue. And I called the medic. The medic sent me out a brand new toilet said we've solved the problem, the exact same toilet, you know, but, but, you know, a year and a half later, this is the replacement toilet. It works perfectly. Um, you know, I installed that toilet and, uh, instantaneously, no, they did not fix the problem. I called back and to their credit, they said, Hey, we will upgrade you to the Dometic 310 toilet, which now is an actual porcelain toilet, just like you have in your house. And it's bigger, it's cut deeper. I mean, it's exactly like any round toilet that you would have in your house. Uh, would love to have an elongated toilet. Our camper being such a small profile, we don't have room for that. But I am here to tell you, my friend, right time, wrong time to get cheap. To have a full house, you know, standard house standard porcelain round toilet in the camper that does not have a defect that, that captures raw sewage. Oh my gosh. Last week, well, week before last when we were down in Athens, Ohio camping for a week, man, we just kept walking in and out of the camper and saying, Oh my God, it's not so great in here. I mean, we, we literally would go into the bathroom and you'd catch each of us sniffing around to see if you could smell anything. Cause, cause we just had such a bad couple of experiences with that other toilet. And it's, it's flawless in there. Smells absolutely, you know, we, once you, there really is no reason with proper treatment of your black tank toilet system, septic system in your camper, it really shouldn't smell like a sewage plant. And, and man, with that defective toilet, it was bad news. So, so again, a, a little bit of a tough topic to talk through, but, uh, but having a, an upgraded toilet, if I were ever to buy a new camper again, I'd upgrade the mattress, I'd upgrade the toilet because there's a right time and wrong time to get cheap in life. I have to say that me and Gina, we've been lucky son of a bitches because it's not like we've chosen something to say, hey, this is the right thing to uh, to buy or to do. But we've been so lucky that it's been going our way. So this uh, uh, RV that we bought actually has a porcelain uh, toilet. And, you know, a lot of people always ask me when I when I say that we're, we're traveling in an RV, they always uh, ask that question. Well, how is it in there? Does it, does it smell like shit all the time? <laughs> this kind of smell like shit if you don't take care of it and you don't maintain it. There is certain things that you need to do to maintain your tank. And for us, what we do is we flush it out a lot. So we pour a lot of water in there and we flush it out and make sure that it's nice and clean. So we have not had one incident where we've had a bad smell. The only bad smell that we've ever had is that some of these campgrounds you go to and they're not uh, hooked up to city water. They're hooked up to uh, well water, and that shit smells like hell. I cannot stand that smell. And that uh, just stunk up the whole RV, and that was the last, last campground that we were at. So now every time I call to make reservations, uh, I've got quite a few questions that I ask. I'm learning as I go, and that is one of them. Yeah, that, that's, you're dead right with that. We've had that experience as well. 
And and Lou, this is super embarrassing, but you know, I keep it honest and for real for the people because I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, you know, we were total rookies when we, we got this camper. So there there will be several stories that folks will hear over the course of time that, that you know, I, I could not be a bigger dumbass. I mean, it's weird. You get these campers and they're they're very intimidating for some odd reason until the minute they're not intimidating. And and you kind of laugh at yourself. You're like, well, why, why was I so worried about that? Like, I just did that and fixed it kind of thing, right? Well, well, one of those for me was when our toilet, you know, we used it three or four times and our toilet wasn't smelling great. And we really didn't quite know that there was this defect going on. And at one point in time, I walk around the back of the camper and I see this port next to my water port, you know, my city water connection where you get your fresh water when you connect. There's a port next to it that says black tank flush. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket science to figure out a port with a sign above it that says black tank flush. So, so I said to Michelle, I'm like, hey, did you know we have a black tank flush? She's like, no. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I watch a few videos. You connect the hose, you flush the shit out of your tank, literally flush the shit out of your tank. And and we were back in business again. So we it took us a little while to realize and, and discover that we had a defective toilet because at the same time, we weren't properly taking care of our toilet because we were dumbasses. But again, one of those things you learn. And then just lastly, we have also learned, we clean it, you know, we've got the wand that we clean from the inside, like I'm sure you do too, periodically. And we now, when we leave a campsite and move to the next campsite, we put about three bowlfuls of water in it. We throw about a bag of ice in it, in the down the toilet, into the black tank. And we put a little bit of borax and a little bit of Dawn in there. And we let that slush all around on our way home and we store our camper. And then we flush all that out when we get to the next campsite, man. And it smells it smells lovely in our in our camper now. Sounds yummy. <laughs> well listen, we're already twenty-four minutes in and uh it's gone by so fast once again. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into something else here so we don't lose any of our our listeners that not that are not interested in RVing. But it's time to do the cocktail. So we'll be right back and we'll get right into that. Hey, Lou, are we allowed to have two cocktails during this hour? <laughs> All right, Lou Rivera, it is that time. You know my favorite time. You know I'm happy when we're shaking the cocktail shaker, and we're giving it a shake right now. Here's what we got today, my friend. We're going to do a martini today. And, and man, people are passionate about their martinis. As James Bond said, shaken, not stirred. You want to shake the heck out of that that martini and, and you know martinis come in a lot of varieties a lot of different styles and people are very passionate about them so so i'm going to speak to the way i love it but by no means is it the only way to enjoy a martini um there are gin martinis and there are vodka martinis and that's kind of a that's the the first split of the tree if you will that you know typically vodka people love their vodka and gin people love their gin and, and kind of no one in the middle shall meet typically when it comes to gin and vodka martinis. And I, I am a gin martini guy. I love them all. They all have, they're very distinctive. I, I love a Sapphire, a Bombay Sapphire martini is, is my martini of choice. And, and you know, the second piece of that, it's usually a couple of two, three ounces of, of your gin or your vodka. And then actually a little bit of dry vermouth, a half ounce to an ounce. And, and, and there are many who are purists like me that don't care for dry vermouth. So, so I always tell the bartender, 
Because they typically will say, would you like vermouth with that? And I say, you know what? Pull that bottle out of the rail, wave it around the top of the shaker, and then put it right back in the rail because I don't want that damn dry vermouth in my martini. Uh, pe people love their dry martini. It gives it a little bit of the botanical sense. But since I'm a gin martini guy, I like the botanicals in the gin better. So that's how I like to have those. And and I give it a big shake. And and then, you know, there's a thing called a dirty martini, which is one of there's two elements here that make my martini my martini. And one of those is dirty. Dirty typically means it has a little bit of olive. You know, the, the garnish for a martini is usually olives. And a little bit of olive juice in the martini when you're shaking it up is what's typically considered a dirty martini. So I put a, you know, usually I've got a tablespoon out and I'm fishing olives out of the jar and I'll usually grab a spoonful or two of, of olive uh, juice and throw it into my martini and give it a shake. And uh, that, that, you know, a lot of people like to say I'm extra dirty when it comes to that. And uh, I've given mine a shake and I'm pouring it in a glass right now. Oh, 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 Lou, when you you get that nice ice cold martini with that olive juice and it's nice and cloudy and and people who aren't familiar with a dirty martini, they always look at it and say, what in the hell's in your martini? I've never seen it so dirty. And you say, yep, that's it. It's a dirty martini. And then my second little accoutrement that I absolutely love, man. I had this for the first time at Shaw's Crab House in Chicago, 21 East Hubbard, Shaw's Crab House in Chicago. If you ever get a chance to go there, it is one of my top five restaurants on the planet. And if you go sit at their bar, they will make you a martini if you ask for it with a thing called blue cheese stuffed olives. So I always have a tub of crumbled blue cheese in my fridge. I always have a jar of olives and I always stuff that blue cheese into the middle of those olives, kick the pimento out, stuff in a little blue cheese. I got three blue cheese stuffed olives soaking in this martini right in front of me right now. And my wife could always tell, you know, if I come home from a bad day at work and, and I was relentlessly stuffing olives with blue cheese and she walked through the kitchen, she would always say, oh, tough, tough day at work today, hon. You know, so depending on how many of those olives I needed to have. So, so I have three giant Olives stuffed with blue cheese, soaking in a fabulous dirty martini. Let's give it a little sip. Mm. Oh, magical cocktail for today. So, so I invite everybody to go. And, you know, martinis are one of those wonderful drinks that there are literally 92 different ways to make one. The Hendrix gin people love their cucumber in their martini. Some people love little olives. Some people like the jalapeno stuffed olives. There is no wrong way to mar make a martini. If it's a martini you love, it's perfect. That will be the cocktail for today, my friend. You describe it so well, and it sounds so delicious. I love olives when they're dipped in alcohol, martini, or what have you. They just absorb that flavor, and they taste so good. Well, I'm going to tell you what I've got here. You like a uh, hard seltzer? Yeah, I've I've been known to enjoy a few seltzers. As I told you last week, I'm I'm you know I'm trying to cut down on my carbs, so I've kind of explored through a lot of seltzers, and and I got two that have worked for me. So you tell me, we, we, I don't I don't want to say one that you're about to announce. I have a feeling we might both like one of the same ones. So I'm excited to hear what what you're drinking there. Well, I've tried a lot of uh, hard seltzers, and uh, I haven't really uh, gotten to one that I really liked because they are kind of tart and bitter. I don't like that taste, but I did find one that I'm totally hooked on, which is Topo Chico. 
Have you heard ding, of them? Ding, 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 ding. I knew you were going to say Topo Chico. It's the best one. Tell me about it. I love it. Tell me what you're um, drinking. The one that I've got is a, a strawberry hibiscus, and they make it in uh, different uh, flavors. You can get a variety pack uh, at the store. And uh, I'm telling you, man, this, this seltzer tastes really good because it's not bitter and it's got a little sweetness to it. So this margarita hard seltzer from Topo Chico that I'm having right now, they have other ones that they sell in flavors, and those are the ones that I don't like. So if you want to try the one that I'm having right now, make sure that you look for the ones that say margarita. So I am hooked on these, and I'm going to go ahead and open it up. And I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to take a sip. Ah, that is so refreshing. That, I'm going to take another one here. Hold on a second. That sounded delicious. The minute the minute I felt um, come down my chin, the minute you hit that pop top on there, delicious. I have really been enjoying these, and uh, you know I get these all the time. So until I find another one, this is what I'm going to use and drink uh, from now on. But uh, I'm always open. I like to try different things. The, the only thing that I don't like is that unless you can get one, just a single one to try out, I feel like you know having to get a six pack or a twelve pack. And then you don't like it, it's kind of a waste for me. Yeah, Lou, I, I tell you what, I've been on the exploratory with that. And that's why I was so damn excited about the Topo Chicos, because I've always liked the Topo Chico seltzer water, because I'm a seltzer water guy. And so I, when I bought those, I was like, wow, the, that was the first seltzer I ever had. And I had all the white calls and all the ones everybody drinks. I, frankly, I just didn't care for them. I had the Topo Chico, and it was absolutely delicious. Um, and then I did have a ranch water that I thought was pretty darn good, too. Um, oddly enough, I was at Costco, and they make a, a, a Kirtland. Kirkland. I keep I live in Ohio where there's Kirtland, so I get Kirtland and Kirkland in, uh, mixed up sometimes. But uh, there's a Kirkland seltzer that's about $4 a six-pack. It comes in a case of 24 and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. To your point, you're like, oh, I hate to buy all these if I hate them. Um, but, but I gave them a go. I thought at that price, you know, they'd get, they'd get, even if it became a uh, grass cutting seltzer, I would figure it out. And, uh, they're pretty darn good. I'm pretty pleased. I, I, they were good enough. I looked them up online and I think the same people that make ranch water make the Kirkland seltzer. So, uh, oh, if you're okay. looking at, yeah, I was pretty pleased with it. They were damn good. And to your point, man, I bought some of those zero car Bud Light next, you know, whatever those like fake beer, seltzer beer thing. I couldn't get through them, brother. I could not get through a 12-pack of those. I, I was finally in a hotel room. I'd driven, and I took a cooler, and I was like, oh, I'll drink those while I'm doing a little paperwork at night. I, I couldn't even drink. I left them for the May. Merry Christmas. Here's a couple of these Bud Light Nexts for you. They were horrible. Yes, sir. All right, let's get on to the uh, next segment of the show. Let's do it. All right, so... What I want to talk about is Liz Cheney, the daughter of Dick Cheney. You know, she had uh, lost her uh, seat over in Wyoming. And for one, I am a person that cannot be happier. I think sometimes you have to try to choose which side you're going to be on. And I don't think she did that. I think that uh, she might end up being an independent because I don't think the left is going to uh, want her. And I don't think I know for sure. The Republicans are not going to want her back. But I don't think she was doing anything for Wyoming. I think she was just concentrating so much on January 6th and putting Trump away. I mean, that is an ongoing battle. 
how many things have they tried to do to Trump uh, to lock him up and get rid of him? The Democrats are so terrified of what this man can do. Now, personally, I'm going to say this. I don't think uh, Trump should run in 2024. I like Trump a lot. I loved his policies, and that was one of the things that really drew me to him. But I don't like the way he, he talks about things or comes, comes at people in a way that's a kind of very, uh, um, very strong. I think he needs to hold back on that. And I, need to, I think he needs to find a way where he can talk to people to try to unite both parties. And I don't think he's the man that can do that. But we'll see. Uh, that's just my thought. But I'm glad that Liz Cheney is out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm with you 100. percent And like we said in our first episode, you know, we we want to be able to bring back differing opinions and be able to to politely uh, and appreciatively share our all sides and 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 talk about things in a way that that's just good solid dialogue. And and I will share. I you know you said it earlier. I almost voted for Obama. I didn't. Um, but but I. I remember the day, uh, you know, my mother said, you know, man, he's he's like he's a little bit like Kennedy was. And in the, in, the, in the sense of how he rounded up folks and brought, you know, got got folks on his wave, if you will, for, for being crisp about it. And I could appreciate that about him. And I almost voted for him and didn't. But I did vote for Trump both times. And and I, I am right with you. We you and I are learning each other. We did not talk about this previously or have it rehearsed. Um, I, same thing. I love his policies. Uh, I'm a conservative. Uh, I am an America first person, um, but but I, I just think he exhausts people and and right, left, center. What you can't you can't take your point so aggressively that it exhausts people and tunes tune you know, they tune out because at that point then you you you, you don't have anybody following you you know and 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 that Lou Calabrese who's the other Lou in my life that I knew once said that. You know, it's easy to spot a great leader because there's a line of people behind them. And, you know, if you look at the line behind Trump, I mean, it, it kind of some days it's not such a big line because you just got to take a break from that. So I agree with you. Uh, love his policies, though. And, and, and all of that to say that that I think Liz Cheney's a big phony. Uh, you know, she she utilized and leveraged Trump when it worked for her. And then she turned on Trump when that worked for her. And I, I love all people types, all people groups, all people colors, all people creeds. I love everyone in every way possible, but but be authentic to that. To whatever your it is, be authentic to it. And I will love you for it. I, I won't I won't withhold love. I'll appreciate and value you for it. I might not agree with it, might not have the same position, but do not be a phony. I can't deal with that. And Liz Cheney is one giant phony, and and the people of Wyoming kicked her ass to the curb and and since since i think all politicians are full of shit seeing one get kicked to the curb is a beautiful day for me whether, whether it's this side or that side watching her ass get kicked to the curb was a pretty fun week to watch it happen yeah and she did not lose just by a little it was a landslide so it means that the voters of wyoming have spoken and they did not agree with what she was doing and uh the way she was running the state you know, I don't know what the problem is as just a regular Joe Schmo. I think of what is going on and what we need to uh, look at as far as uh, what is happening now in this country. You think about the border. You think about the economy. You think about gas. You think about uh, food shortages, uh, the crime. I mean, those are five things 
And that's not hard to really think about. Those are five things that you look at and you say, this is, these are the things that really matter right now. And, you know, the, the Republicans are bringing that out. The Democrats, man, they're all over the place. It's going to be really interesting in 2022 to see what happens and how many seats are turned. Uh, but right now, uh, the country is not in good shape. And uh, I don't care how you spin it. Uh, things are not going the way that they should be going. Uh, the policies that we have in place are a disaster. Um, my daughter right now, she works for a company, uh, Wayfair. They have just laid off 900 employees. And usually when that happens, there's a first wave, second wave, and third wave. You know how that goes. So that's pretty scary because nobody is buying right now. Uh, the, the economy is not doing well. Uh, they haven't called it an inflation but it, it is at record high as far as the percentage. And people are just not spending money. There is no money to be spent. Anytime you think about what is your main uh, concerns and what your main priority is, it's food, gas, work, you know, your finances. And right now, all, all those things are hurting and they're really not doing anything about it. This bill that they passed right now, they shouldn't even call it the Inflation Act Bill or Recovery Bill whatever they're calling it, they should just call it a climate bill because that's all it really is. So much money is going into that, but they like to sugarcoat it and, you know, put wool over our eyes to call it something else that it really isn't. And this is what really frustrates me because all this money, who are they taking that from? The American people, the hardworking American people, the ones that are paying for this and they're acting like they have this bank account that they can just go ahead and take all that money and, and spend it where wherever they want to, whether it's sending it overseas. I mean, Ukraine, we're sending a ton load of money over there. There's a lot of pork in that bill and they're not using it for what it's really needed for to get us out of this mess and to help out the American people. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, you 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 just rattled off, you know, four future podcasts worth of content that we certainly will get into. Uh, especially as we get into, you know, voting season and, and those types of things. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, it is our money. I mean, it used to make me crazy when I'd hear people say at tax time, oh, this is what I got back. No, that's what you loaned them for longer than you needed to. You know, like, like I like to land right on the number. I don't want to pay anything. I don't want to get anything. You know, when it comes time to a tax return. You know, we that's our money and, and how they spend it is just crazy. I, I just this is a very, 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 very simplification of just kind of not getting over the top on politics today because you and I both and we could add three more hours to today's show alone. But but I think the number one thing that I would vote for instantaneously is term limits. I mean, I, I don't I love my father. He's 90 years old. I don't want him making decisions for me in my day in and day out life right now. He he had his run where he did that best for me. That's not when he's 90 now. You know, <laughs> and some of these politicians I mean, it's like, well, no, no, no. It's not 1963 anymore. That's not how we should be thinking. I love all the green stuff. If it can get to a place where it works more effectively than, than the current state, it's not there yet. Wind power, wind power is just about there. It's doing a good job the way they're doing it. Solar's not there yet. It's not close. Electrical, it's not there yet. So so it's it's just politics. It's the latest and greatest piece of politics that is, is just making big government get to a crazy level 
And and I don't like big government. I like little government. Let me have my money. I will decide what the best vehicle should be for my household at this present time. So, yeah, there is so much corruption going on. I mean, you know, they uh, passed out all these uh, stimulus checks. Right. I think we had two waves of them and uh, all this money that they're they're pouring into different uh, programs. Where are they going to regain that money that they have sent out? Because everybody at the time was like, yeah, you know. They're going to send us some money. That's great. I'm getting $1,200. But the fact is, is that now they're implementing things to get back that money, such as hiring, I don't know how many thousands of IRS agents uh, to start making those collections on taxes. Who are they coming for, right? It's going to be us, the American people, the little people, the ones that are grinding and working hard and paying our taxes. These are the people that they're coming for. But that's a whole nother subject within itself. So let's go ahead and continue on. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, spin that wheel. And uh, let's see what uh, topic this lands on. Here we go. All right. And stop. All right. So I've got one that's kind of uh, totally off of what we've been talking about. And maybe you know them and maybe you don't. But I've been seeing a lot of these videos where people are coming up to this guy who is homeless and they're videotaping him because he is or was a really good basketball player. His name was Delante West. Have you heard of him? I am not familiar with this story, my brother. This is getting interesting. Continue on. All right. So this guy, he's 39 years old. He was a point guard. And he played professional basketball. He played in quite a few teams like the Celtics, the Mavs, Seattle. And he even uh, played in uh, Cleveland where he was playing alongside LeBron James. And uh, he's got some mental issues. And he kind of disappeared for a while. Nobody really knew what was going on with him. But now people are seeing him on the street. And the guy is completely homeless. Um, he's made millions in his career. And... You know, he's like a Mike Tyson, though. When I listen to them uh, interview him, uh, and these are all just um, small YouTubers. They have, you know, small channels. But when they start talking to him and he starts talking, he's like Mike Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson, you don't really think that he's like kind of a, a super bright guy. But everything that he says, he's a simpleton. And what he says makes so much sense. And this guy is the same way. But, yeah, he is broke after making all those millions, and he's got some mental issues, and that's that's uh, it's ongoing, and that's his problem. But I just find that story so interesting and that people are now not major networks, but people, YouTubers that are seeing this guy and talking to this guy and just seeing him on the streets. So the one thing I found interesting about this story was that somebody had asked him, what happened to all your millions and, you know, a lot of times when you become homeless or when you lose everything that you have, you become very humble. And I see that in a lot of people. But his response was that he helped out a lot of family members to get on their feet and go to college. So the next question was, why are they not helping you? And his response was, I never did this to get anything back in return. I found that really, really interesting. And he also said that he's always stood on his own two feet. Yeah, that's really interesting, Lou. And and you make a great point. I mean, I you know, I guess I've always thought of it how, how you just said it. 
I think of it, you know, there are a lot of people out there that might not be the most educated, most book smart people on the planet, but they're unbelievably street smart or street wise. And, and you said it right about Mike Tyson. He is very street wise. I mean, don't make the mistake that he's a dumbass just, just because, you know, his life is pretty right in front of him, clear and simple. Um, he's unbelievably street smart. And it sounds like this guy's the same way. Listening to your story, and I haven't heard about this one. I'll give it a look when we get off uh, this recording because um, it's super interesting. I mean, you you just wonder what what happened in this guy's life, you know? And and I think I said it in the last podcast. There will be a day that we say, the my best air quotes, the good that came from COVID. And I, I do think one of the good that came from COVID will be the fact that we're all a little bit more in tune with with managing and, and supporting uh, our mental health, uh, you know, and again, another topic for another day. But but that stuff's real, man. And I, I'm glad, you know, you and I were having a chat the other day and, and you know, you just needed a little, a little time to, you know, you'd had a day and had a few things going on. And, man, we were like supporting each other like it. It's not that you were having mental health issues, but, you know, you were just having a rough day. And, and I love that we can just call each other out and say, hey, man, can I help you? You need to talk. And, you know, do you need to sit down a little bit? What? Whatever. I mean, because we all have days like that where it just gets a little rough. As my wife says, you know, she's like, you have to stop getting wrapped around the axle. I get wrapped around the axle like like I was in the middle of my career 20 years ago. And the reality is life, life's not that stressful for me anymore. I, I have I have two more years of college to pay for and that money's in the bank. And beyond that, I can pretty much survive on whatever I need to do. We can slow down a little bit. So you you just wonder in that guy's prime. It's a crime that some, you know, we didn't know enough to reach out and support him. And, and you know, it's, I guess it's yeah. good we can't today. Well, you know, when things like that happen, uh, I think uh, it definitely humbles you. And Delonte uh, West is definitely humbled. And you can see just the little things that he enjoys now. Uh, sure. People give him $5. He goes to a 7-Eleven. He gets himself a, a tornado, a beef tornado and a, and a drink, and he's happy. But this is a guy who's got mental health and uh, mental, mental health issues. And uh, the person that tried to help him was the owner of uh, the Mavs, Mark Cuban. And I, I definitely respect uh, Mark Cuban. He tried to help him. Mental issues, if you have mental issues, then – you know, that's going to be a long road. It's like, you know, being a drug addict or being an alcohol, uh, a hot alcoholic. It's going to take a long time for that to get fixed. And it's something that may never go away. You just have to work on it every single day. It was a baseball player that uh, this is kind of similar to. Uh, the only thing with this guy is he totally checked out. Nobody knew where he was. He was playing uh, professional baseball and um, somebody spotted him down in Key West homeless now the thing with him was that he still had a couple million dollars in his bank account and uh he was just living out there homeless so wow kind of hard to to kind of wrap yourself around but i think uh you know it is an ongoing issue and uh, i hope the best for him he seems like a, he's a really nice guy and just like mike tyson mike tyson has just become so humble and um yeah he's not as stupid as he looks or sounds I think he's a, a really smart man, and the things that he says makes a lot of sense. But real quick, while we're talking about uh, basketball, uh, chime in on Br uh, Brittany Griner and her whole situation being arrested over in Russia. I yeah, I kept man, we're hitting, we're hitting on all the topics today on the old cocktails and bullshit. Um, we're, 
we're we are hitting on some i bet more people are flipping the switch on to listen to us and and a couple of people are flipping the switch off i, I love it i love it and hopefully they all keep the switch on and know that we we value anyone's opinion let's talk about the tough topics because we should be that's what's lost in america today we can't just talk about things and learn um sorry i'm on a thread about that i just want us all to be able to talk about anything and man she has got a lot of people fired up i mean the I, look, man, I, I, you know, she is a pawn for, you know, China and Russia are not our friends. I, I don't I, that is not a left right scenario. That is not a this side or that side. I please allow me for 30 seconds on cocktails and bullshit as the 50 percent owner of this podcast to be very, very clear and certain that China and Russia are not our friends. And, and that is a great example of where she's being used as a pawn. Uh, by Putin to to stick it up our ass, to stick it up Biden's ass. That said, what a dummy for not minding her P's and Q's. I mean, I'm sorry to say it bluntly like that, but I've traveled the world for work uh, and for personal life a lot, and, and you have to be respectful of the laws uh, in other places. And, and you know, the, the in air quotes again, the ugly American is a real thing. And, and, you know, I'm a loud, boisterous, gregarious guy. And, and when I go over to Europe, I, I have to change my behavior because I will stand out like a sore thumb. And, and I, it will not come across like I intend it to be when I'm just me over here. So I'm a little quieter when I travel abroad. I'm a little more reserved when I travel abroad. Um, if, if, if weed's not legal somewhere, don't take it to that country because you'll have a problem. I mean, all the shit that's been legal in Amsterdam for years and years and years, I didn't bring that shit home to America because it wasn't legal here, you know? So I don't know, man. I know I'm taking the easy way out by hitting the high line of, of that she's being used as a pawn and that she did dumb shit. Um, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to count on you to get into a little bit more of the weeds of, of some of the other shit. You know, karma's a bitch, and I got a feeling you're going to share some of that. So let it, let, let it rip, Lou. <laughs> you know I don't hold back. All right, so Brady Griner, she's 31 years old. She played in the WNBA. She was arrested not too long ago in uh, Russia for carrying vape cartridges containing cannabis oil. She's doing nine years of time. They uh, convicted her and found her guilty. Brittany Griner is a millionaire. She is worth $5 million. That's her net worth. It's always hard when you see somebody reach that type of uh, level to get caught for something really, really small. We may find it small in this country, but in other countries, they take it really serious, and she should have known better. I'd never take that chance. In some countries, even if you have a seed of weed on you, they will arrest you and prosecute you. I think a lot of people dislike Brittany Griner because she was kneeling while they were playing the national anthem during the game, and a lot of people did not like that. They found that very disrespectful, I being one of them. I don't agree with doing that during a game. When I go to see a game, it's for the entertainment. I enjoy a, a basketball game. I enjoy a football game, a soccer game, or what have you. And I don't want to be bombarded by somebody protesting. I get what she's trying to do. She is protesting against police brutality, especially with black women and men that are being shot and killed. We've got some bad cops and we've got some good cops. We've got to weave out those bad cops so the good cops can do their job. That's my only beef with that. I don't think that they should interject uh, religion or politics or even people protesting uh, during a game that I paid money to go see. I think she's in a really bad place right now and I really feel kind of bad because it's just bad timing. 
the relationship between Russia and uh, the United States, or even the world for that matter, is not that great. And Russia's going to take total advantage of that, and they're going to use her as an example. You know, we put all these sanctions on Russia, and it has not stopped them from doing what they set out to do. They're bombing Ukraine just about every day, and I really don't know where that's going to end up. We'll have to see with uh, Brittany Griner, and I hope uh, you know she gets out soon. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah, all of the clamp down and everything with Ukraine, and and you know not you know the fuel, not let, allowing them to sell fuel anywhere, just all that stuff that's going on with Russia right now. Yeah, and this this guy that they want to trade her for, I mean he. He's like the Russian arms dealing equivalent to Pablo Escobar uh, in terms of drugs. I mean, it, this guy is a bad guy that, that we locked up and, and put away and made the world a safer place to live. And, and, and they want to trade for it. It's just so crazy and ridiculous. And, and your point's right on, man. I, look, I, I, I'm in the restaurant business, as I've said before. I, I don't go take a meeting with the Olive Garden people. And before my meeting... Uh, you know, say sing the national anthem and say the, you know, the pledge allegiance because I, you know, I'm an America first guy, like, cause it, it's just not appropriate. I mean, I'm working and I'm here to talk about work related things. I'm not here to take the first 10 minutes of my meeting and express all my personal views. And, and that's how I was with the NFL, man. When the NFL started all that crap, uh, the Colin Kaepernick crap, I just started getting my honeydew list done for earlier on Sunday. I mean, there's a thousand things I can do on Sunday other than watch football. Uh, and when football stops being entertaining, I'm not, I just get the shit done. I need to get done. And, and so she, she created that mess and I'm sorry. That's a harsh line. Karma is a bitch. Uh, and, 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 you know, timing sucked for her. And I certainly don't think she should be locked up for nine years. Uh, I would love to see her come out of this with a bit of a learning lesson and then maybe she becomes a voice of, of someone that, as you say, uh, you know, get, gets a little more humble and starts bringing people towards the middle. Um, I don't I don't know that all the way to the right's the right way. And I don't know that all the way to the left's the right way. But but, man, we got to figure out a way. I do think America first is 100 percent the right way. I don't think that's an all right position. So, you know, look, it's a tough situation for her. She kind of brought that upon herself. Um, you know, sometimes how you live your life matters. And uh, karma kind of caught up with her a little bit. I certainly don't think she should be in for nine years. Uh, you know, let's hope that all works out. And would love to see her maybe be a little humbled and, and come back to, and appreciate America a little bit more for, for trading her out for a really bad guy that should be behind bars for, for 109 years. And uh, would would love to see her say, "Hey, can can we all just kind of take a pill here a little bit and let's let's let you know may, maybe this is a pretty great place to live in the United States of America." So, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully she gets out. And uh, my only thing on that is that uh, there isn't even exchange. I think this is so lopsided right now. So hopefully she gets out and uh, things all work out. So let's go ahead and wrap up this. Uh, podcast of cocktail bullshit we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and we're going to try to uh, do a podcast every sunday so keep looking out for it scott thank you so much uh, for always uh, joining in and like i said we tried to do this podcast last last uh time and it didn't work out and um you were very mindful of that thank you so much for uh, being the person that you are and i will see you next week my friend you want to take us out 
Yeah, sweet Lou Rivera. I appreciate you. Love you, brother. And cannot wait to hear the trials and tribulations as you move your way over to Jackson, Mississippi. Make sure you hit the big catfish barn on your way. I can't wait to hear that story. And uh, people of the podcast, we love you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you, guys.